I don't know if Geronimo or, uh, mentioned to you, but he and I and Tomas uh, are uh, waiting for a publisher to get back to us in England on a book called The uh, Patch of Healing. And uh, in it, I, I describe how I, I, I'm a Gavilan Apache from Mexico. I'm the first Gavilan Apache healer in 300 years. And through a series of question, uh, visions and uh, and following the visions to ceremonies and uh, training from various medicine people, uh, uh, I was called back because I was very much into um, uh, uh, American society. You know, I had no problems with it, and, and it was good to me. But yet when ancestral uh, spiritual connections come, then I, I answered the call. I'm not sure everybody does. But I did, and it put me on the path, and it led me to many, many a, a nation, a native nation where I was received, and I've pretty much been around the world uh, doing Native American ceremony and then speaking about the petroglyphs uh, um, from a book that I was playing called Shamanic Wisdom Keepers by Timothy Freaky. And uh, in there I gave my connection information, and, uh, you know, I don't hide from my um, obligation to help people in need of healing or seeking, perhaps, inner peace. So, uh, oh, you know, I don't know, 25, 30 years ago. Yeah, probably 38. <laughs> you hate to count back. <laughs> yeah. There's many uh, moons that you've seen. And you go, yeah, I was sometime back there, you know. But I remain on the path, and I continue. I just got back. I'm on my back right now from a... Uh, a, a, a different group of condor eagles that met in Topetzlan, Mexico. There was 80 medicine people there uh, and uh, a lot of wonderful young people seeking some kind of direction. Yep. Well, our, our connect... Our, uh, well, yeah, just tell us about... Um, um, you know, we've got uh, as much time as you'd like. Uh, you know, whatever. Okay. Just let the spirit... Let the spirit lead whatever you want yeah. to talk about, or um, or we yeah. can. Just get... Yeah, well, well, I, I, I'm working towards. Uh, I strongly believe that the majority of the petroglyphs, a lot of them have to do with with tribal uh, moving and game and stuff like that. Even the uh, the, the noted uh, Mashika uh, scrolls that were left, the majority had to do with. With tribal movement and and, and whatnot, and, and daily tribal life, although those were actually um, <laughs> manufactured by the Spaniards, but the stones I would say worldwide, and and and, and I've I've visited petroglyph sites pretty much, or I've gotten gifted photographs of, of different places, and uh, they pretty much tell a tale of, of of transformation and moving to another dimension, and this is like I would say easily seventy five percent of the glyphs once you learn how to read them and I believe that perhaps uh, there will be a, a, a need in the near future to know how to transform and move through another dimension so that's been my major work I, I did ceremony and, and um, cleansings for, for years and then the spirit world my spirit guides came and said you need to follow this path and I was amazed because I carried the, the Kali symbol of the Mashika. I was given that years ago, and I didn't know why. And, of course, on Kali, if you're familiar with the glyph, the doorway is accentuated, and it forms a very, very large T. And when I um, first uh, was amazed with the connections, I was up at uh, Tijuanaco in uh, 
uh, well, near Tiwanaku, just just south of it on the Peruvian side. And there's a doorway left by Aramamuro, and we were told 50,000 years ago he he came to show us how to live in a civilized way, and he left with that doorway to the stars. Well, we'll come over this hill, um, and he walked to get there. Um, it's in the form of a T, a huge T. And so I said, oh, my gosh, that there's a reason I carry this. I never asked what the spirits asked of me. And then when I had my, I did my own first reading of the Maya, well, there was Eek, and there was the Bati, representing Eek, you know. And then I went down to um, uh, Copan, just to the side of Guatemala, on the, um, what is it, the Nicaraguan or the Honduran, Honduran border. And there's the wind with a big letter T around his neck. And I said, oh, my gosh, uh, they're, they're, this isn't madness. There is some spiritual leadership here, and I just follow where they choose to take me and where they choose to train me, and they hope for me to enlighten people, and that's what I was doing uh, all last week. I just got in late yesterday from Mexico, and I spoke with several people that it was news to them, but they don't challenge it because when you present the petroglyphs, they're pretty self-explaining. I mean, I mean, it's not jargon that I'm giving. You know, uh, anybody can can spot anything, and you know, there's no proof. You know, but the petroglyphs. Once you look at them and then put them together, you go, oh my gosh, uh, thousands and thousands and thousands around the world, and they're pretty much identical. And so, uh, people knew that we're coming today that we would need this information, and that's what I think I've been called to do. And so that's what I I try to do the best of my ability. Outstanding. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. Um, uh, a friend of mine by the name of uh, Robert Three Eagles uh, mm-hmm. ran into um, uh, Mayan elder, and um, he he was run out of Mexico, from what I understand, and lives in Cedar City, uh, Utah. And this man wrote um, a Spanish language book concerning uh, Mayan astrology and. Um, um, Robert inter- introduced the the idea of uh, well, he introduced me to my glyph and introduced me to the idea of doing a, a vision quest. What you know, going out of the hill, whatever you want on the Mayan birthday, right, right. Right. and uh, that's we talk about that quite a bit and, and encourage people to do that. And uh, but it was um, um, re- really interesting <laughs> the, the first experience that I had. But the yeah. the thing that was most interesting was back in in ninety eight on spring solstice, I was told mm-hmm. something um, in detail uh, about uh-huh. the weather that was going to happen in two thousand five, and uh-huh. uh, um, t- I started the, this program in two thousand four, and um, at the end of two thousand five, yeah, a, yeah. A, a, a you, rabbi, you meant, uh, you meant yeah, spring a, equinox. You said solstice. You said you said yeah, spring solstice. I'm sure. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I I I was I overslept and I'm just kind of rummy. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> on, uh, um, I didn't know. T- anyway, it was a had a, the what I was told was a voice. It just says in the future, the year 2005 will be known as the year of the great havoc because the weather will become so bad uh, it may uh-huh. even shut down computers all over the planet. And wake up oh, yeah. and write that down. Well, I did. I, I, I found out, you know, years later that that day 
that I heard uh-huh. that was on the beginning of, of the week of Nine Eek. And, of course, I didn't know about my glyph. Um, uh-huh. And I didn't know about this whole thing till later. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was really interesting. And, of course, the, what I was told was referring to uh, Katrina, 2005, uh-huh. the hottest on record. And uh, UN climatologists got together in November. And uh, this rabbi from 30 miles uh-huh. west of Jerusalem sent me a link to it. And um, uh-huh. they they mentioned the, the word havoc, and he said, "Well, he's, yeah. so he's I hadn't heard of a, a a fulfillment of prophecy like that in in uh, you know twenty you know about twenty six hundred years." And I said, "Oh well, you know whatever." It's, it's just it's, it's career. So yeah, so it 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 made an impression on me, and we we talk about it quite a bit. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The spirit worlds are aware of of the future, and 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 try to guide us in a good way, and. Uh, the last two or three years have been severe weather years in parks, and I, from what I sense and been told, it's going to continue to to get in a bad way. Yeah, yeah. it seems they're, that way. They're probably going yeah. to get places that they got hit last year are going to get hit again, but worse. Yes, <laughs> yes. they're going to get year. pounded this year probably. Yeah, and yeah, that's, that's going to yeah. continue. Even if you look at some of the information, it's probably the. Uh, some of the Russians are coming out with a lot more information and being more open than a lot of other oh. people are about what their, uh-huh. you know, their scientists and stuff are reporting coming, and they seem yeah. to be a little bit more, you know, telling everybody rather than keeping it under the hidden a little. Yeah. yeah. Um, Maybe that's the reason why Steven Seagal's uh, thinking of moving over there. <laughs> <laughs> and other well, people. Um, I'm trying to think of a term. I caught uh, a scientific deal on uh, on on the pollution deal where they did some studies in Israel when they first established the nation to uh, measure the amount of solar energy because they wanted to know how much water they would need in the desert for their crops. And then they re-looked at it, I would guess now, maybe 10, 15 years ago, and uh, they felt that the pollution was protecting us because otherwise the earth would have got much hotter. And what the pollution is doing is reflecting the heat. So as we clean up the pollution, we're increasing the heat on Earth, and it increased in Israel. And that was replicated in, I believe, Germany and Russia, the same study, and they said, yep, you know, uh, we're in trouble either way. (laughs) I think that's basically what they're saying. (laughs) Uh, The world's heating up, and and we tended to do that. But again, uh, you know, uh, you talk about the Mayan cycles, you talk about the Mashika cycles. Basically, they're saying that, you know, uh, Earth goes through its cleansings. And I did catch a science program, and they said, um, Earth has wiped out at least five times, going yeah. by the the evidence that dinosaurs and other animals that have lived in certain epochs were wiped out. And so uh, the... The tonal, uh, the echo calendar, uh, basically agrees with science that things repeat themselves. Yeah, and students, are, later, students of Toro, you know, that's what they're taught. 
Uh-huh. Was it we've been there's been turned over many times. Yeah. So when's the next cycle? People keep guessing. But uh, yeah, well, I think it there's seems like in couple. my training, if I, if I may, in my training, uh, I was taken back to a uh, physical cave uh, uh, mentally a couple of times. They asked me to look at, and in my brain was seated societies notion of people coming out of caves like apes and then progressing. And finally, my, my guides got a little pissed off. I said, shit, look at the other side. Look beyond the cave. And then I saw several civilizations that, that had advanced and then expired, including Atlantis and, and Moruvia. And then I began to understand what they're trying to tell me, that there's cycles in this cycle. The advancement, the, the brain's advancement in the last 50 years is phenomenal. And yet, there's a signal that we're running towards something. I mean, you begin to feel there's, 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 you know, yesterday there's no proof. Uh, people say now, today, hey, it doesn't exist. You keep moving forward. You can't stop that. The progress has its own energy. We have its own energy. What we were discussing 20 minutes ago, it, it's gone. We're into a new <laughs> time and space, and, and we're, we're we're being moved forward whether we want to or not. And so. The, will that be that other conclusion the sixth time, and will Earth regenerate itself? That's that was the teachings of some of our ancestors. That in fact there was nine dimensions, and we're in the fourth. And the uh, the Hopi, the the Navajo, the Ute, and several tribes will yep. tell you Same they came from the third level through the Kiva, through the navel. Mm-hmm. That's in the Kiva, and that the ancestors left to the fifth level. And that's what's in the stone that I'm trying to decipher with the right people and the right energy to say, okay, did, how did how'd the Anasazi move to the fifth level? And are we going to need that information? Is that why they left it? Because there's really there's sites all over with 50,000 glyphs, and you say, hey, these, these medicine men and women didn't sit in the sun for years doing this if they did not know we would need the information. I mean, come on. Maybe ten twenty, and say, "Okay, they're pretty. Let's <laughs> let's gather, folks." <laughs> but no, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of all just just literally all over. You 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 Google um, any state you want, you know, and you put petroglyphs, and you're going to find them. And there's three, at least three groups that I'm invited to. Uh, when you went to <laughs> Eagle Condor Quetzal, but I just came from an Eagle Condor gathering. There's another one in December in Peru, an eagle gathering of different group. And they they, they um, stem from the prophecy, of course, in, in, in Chile, Peru, uh, that when the eagle and condor medicine people will get together, that there would be change. And a lot of the medicine people interpreted that as, wow, a positive time is coming. I just <laughs> made a comment at uh, Tepotzlan at the gathering. Uh, there was over 80 medicine people from around the world. I said, nobody said that. They said that there'd be change. And maybe the change is for the worst. And you need to be aware of that. And I had all people in agreement and said, yep, that's right. They said there'd be change when we got together, but they didn't indicate what. See? So, change may be coming. You know? Well, it could be also kind of a combination of both. It could be we're going to change, but something in order to get to the light at the end of the tunnel, we have to go through the purification. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and see, 
And basically, the, the, the way that it's been explained to me is it's, it's, it's um, much like the India philosophy of reaching nirvana, and that you re- some people get recycled here, and some people go down on the third level, and some advance. So ultimately, you get to a ninth level, a ninth dimension, where there's some level of perfection. Um, so, you know, it, it's this has been brought to me, and I, I look at it with interest and try to understand it, because, of course, we have the Judeo-Christian thought, you know, uh, and Muslim thought put in there, and then, of course, you have the Confucius thought and stuff. But there's different thoughts of our existence and our purpose for existence and an afterlife. That, that's the big question, you know. Um, and I found it interesting because historically it's among the glyphs. Uh, the, the, the Mashika calendar, there's two serpents facing each other right at the bottom, and they're known as the divine couple who live in the ninth level. But of course, anything that was not Christian and did not support Christianity was wiped out, or it was, oh, uh, infused with <laughs> with misconception. A good example is the Virgin Guadalupe, okay, in Mexico. That was Tonantzin. It's in the Spanish stuff when they got to the Mount of Tonantzin, and they knew that she was an Earth Mother that had taught the people. And, uh, you know, when one of them went up there and witnessed the people honoring and and uh, giving offerings, they said, we have a major competition. So what do we do? You know, uh, so they got together and contrived the idea that that was the reapparition of the Virgin Mary. Yeah. They saw the people from then on were not allowed to worship her the same. What was interesting in my glyphs that I've, I've seen and I've found, there's always these women, and, and, and then you find the skeletons in Egypt and Bolivia and all over Mexico, uh, these elongated skulls. And you look at them and you say, my God, what abilities did these ladies have? And then you study culture. And it seems like there's always a woman that taught society and so you guys have done a lot with Lakota, white buffalo calf woman, right? Oh yeah. Okay, and here's another woman that came down and taught you how to pray and how to exist. And it seems like there were several. And I say to myself, perhaps these were the seven sisters that everybody talks about, and they weren't talking about the stars. They were talking about seven beings that came and taught us and then left. And I find that. There's a, a connection there, and I find it very interesting. I talk about the Seven Sisters when I give a lecture, um, because we all have that, and for some reason we've left them out of our ceremonies. Mm-hmm. The Lakotas, when they do a ceremony, they don't go around, you know, praising white buffalo calf women. They mention it if you want to talk about their religion, see? And the same with 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 uh, natives in Mexico, Tonantzin. You know, now, you know, there's been enough talk now that's beginning to be brought back in and say, oh, look at this. And the glyphs that, that I, I have found of them are marvelous. They're absolutely marvelous. And I say, oh, my gosh, what, what do we really know? But it seems like there's been a major influence by star beings that were of um, like women. Uh, you know, what do we know? Man, woman, I don't know. <laughs> you know? But they had an energy that was perceived as female.
Well, it's like yeah, nobody's calling you. Know, so have a good evening. My, uh, <laughs> uh, well, my, uh, my people. Uh, you know, we had uh, Mother Salu, and uh, yeah, you're right. It's 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 all okay. over the place. Oh yeah, it's a kind of amazing. You said, well, Orion was the Orion Queens. See, and supposedly some of them left to uh, Scotland to teach the people up there. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Look at this link. And then you look a lot of, of the artifacts left by civilization, and they're so similar. And they ask why. Well, because they had the same teachers, the seven sisters. Yep. Oh, yeah. The, um, yes. Well, we, we have our, our seven clans. We had 80-plus clans, but basically they, they, they boiled down to seven clans. And ceremonially, uh-huh. uh, ceremonially uh-huh. uh, we have pipes that have seven stems and... And yeah, um, huh? it's it's all over the place. And well, I, I have, yeah, have okay. a connect. I have a connection with Mexico. Back in um, August two thousand one, um, Nacion Cherokee de Mexico became the first uh, nation recognized under the San Andres Accords. And um, I worked pretty closely with um, uh, Charles Yatlohi Rogers, who's been an oncologist in Mexico for nearly 40 years, and um, uh, he was, well, you, you might remember the Sean Connery movie back in 92, uh, Medicine Man. Um, uh, oh, yeah, 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 he goes into the Amazon and that was um, with a plan. That was actually a, um, a true story. Um, yeah. Uh, Wilburn Ferguson oh, wow. uh, was from uh, San Antonio, and back... Um, uh, he he actually got in front of Jimmy Carter at some point, and Jimmy Carter says, "Oh, we need your medicine here in America." And then he said he made an appointment uh-huh. with his chief of staff. Went and saw the chief uh-huh. of staff. A- after that, he was hounded, followed, <laughs> and just he just he left and went back to Peru. And <clears throat> Doctor Rogers ended up with his field notes, and yeah. um, of course wow. he's he's done a lot more research to the point where he ru- routinely saves a stage 3 and 4 cancer patients. And um, Yeah, I, I've worked with the plants and the cancer patients and been very mm-hmm. successful. Um, if we live in harmony, and we know in the book, uh, I hope it gets published, <laughs> I explain a process that we follow of, of whether you're going to take a deer or a bear or whether you're going to use a plant well, there's always permission, an offering, and then a thanking, and then that's the tradition. Permission. Uh, you ask the plant. You give them a good reason why. Because you're going to take the life. And I, I mentioned where I speak, because you get a lot of people that get a little freaky on what's sacred, you know. And mm-hmm. I supposed to be clear. There's only one sacred thing, and that's life. Of an animal, of a plant, of a human, and the life givers. Earth, wind, fire, and water are sacred. The rest... It is by tradition. If you want to call that ring sacred, but far out. But that's by tradition in your particular people, you see. But that's what's sacred, and that's what we should be concerned and protecting, life. So when we work with a plant, you're taking away the life cycle of that plant. So if you ask the plant, you know, the reason that you're taking life, and ask the plant for healing, healing happens. When people go out there and, and grow millions of plants and just cut them down and throw them in a bottle, it just doesn't work the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I also want to mention about the Seven Sisters because you, you, you likely have some women listeners out there. On that T, that huge T, you, you kneel down, you put your head on the wall of Aramamudu. I asked, is, is this truly a doorway? And the response was, yes, it is, but it's for the people of Peru. All nations have a doorway, but they have forgotten their traditions and their languages of the ancestors. And only a woman can open the door. You see, we're talking about transformation. We're here because we transform through a woman. Mm-hmm. But the woman, but the woman, they just told me this last year, because they gave me a little bit of information every year. They just kind of string me along and see if I leave the path. And when I follow the path and, 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 and you know, stay true, and I've never, you know, don't charge for what I do. I've been to several parts in the world, and I'll accept maybe a plane fare. There. Well, then they'll put me up on the feed me, but I, I, I will lose my perception abilities, and I will lose my healing abilities. That's my belief. Uh, mm-hmm. I have an obligation. It is not a profession. I had a profession to make money, and fine, the spirits took care of me, but what I do is an obligation. But either way, what they told me, as I was sharing with, with you gentlemen, I use that term lightly because I don't know you. <laughs> it's, That's they, why. They, they, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they made clear, no, the women that will show you are the seven sisters. So um, people that are called and feel that they're meant to open some doorways need to get their partner, and go out to the petroglyphs where there are portals and ask in their areas the different seven sisters for guidance. And I believe it's going to happen. I truly believe it. And where I've been giving different talks, people say, yeah, you're going to do it at Nesto. You're going to open that door. They sense and feel it. And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm finding the, the, the women that I need to guide and take to the portal so that they may open the doorway. And then I'll talk to everybody and say, hey, man, this isn't just fiction. It's the, the ancestors left it there for some reason. That was for us, you see. It's an amazing journey. It's, a, it's been an amazing journey. I was, a, I was a, a trained professional. I was outpatient director for Denver General Hospital, a very prestigious position. I was only 29 years of age. And then uh, I was recruited because I had opened uh, the first healing center. It was a mental health clinic that, that hired a medicine woman. And I directly supervised her, and I learned from her. But at that point, I was still into American professionalism. And then the the spirit world called me, and I left. And before you knew it, I was on the Colville Reservation in Washington. And I, it changed me. I, I saw different things, different perceptions. And it's that universal um, philosophical thought of you have to lose yourself to find yourself. You have to lose your ways and learn other ways and then look back at yourself and reflect. And, you know, by the people put it, what? It's, it's a thesis, antithesis, and the new synthesis. And that's, I'm at the new synthesis, but it keeps growing. It keeps growing. It's getting information on this without trying very hard. So I, I, I'm honored by our spirit energy world that they have part, part, uh, part allowed me to partake and gifted with the information, and, and I, they want me to share it. At a point, they didn't want it shared. At a point, it was secret. Some of the petroglyphs were designed to hide the meaning. But after a point, 
I, I've met with several medicine men from North and South America, and they said it's time because people that, let's say, are not of a good heart, you know, I, I, uh, um, into their ego and into <laughs> ruining the world, they can't use the information. So they, basically they're telling me that they can't pass to the fifth level in the fifth dimension. See? So they said it's okay to share this now. Explain to the people that find the T's and the T down is where either you started with, with, with birth and chains, zero with a point. It's something's born there. It came down from another dimension. Uh, um, or people went to ask. The ancestors went to ask for things. They went for rain. They asked for uh, children. They asked for good crops. And it was the same process okay, that we talked about a while ago. The... Um, the asking, the offering, and the thanking. Okay, and then if there was a T, the letter T formed upwards. It's where things left here, and or where you thanked the spirit world for what they gave you. And they're all throughout the rocks and all the stones. And when they come together, they'll either form an H or the four direction symbol, which signifies that that was a major ceremonial area where they made. They may be, there may be a portal nearby. So that's what I'm sharing with the world where I go. I just shared this in Tepoztlan with a group of people. And, uh, you know, some are meant and called to use that information, and others will ignore it and think, no, nah, it can't be. But then they're going to have to find answers for the dinosaurs, won't they? <laughs> Why were they wiped out? And will it happen again? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, so that's basically uh, my message. I, I thank you, fellas, for for inviting me to to give this message. But you know, I got to go watch the Denver Broncos here. <laughs> <laughs> Ernesto, on the on the tea, one of the things yeah. I remember somewhere is they said one of the things that a tea type symbol could be used to to mean the meaning is. The top of the T, the top bar, could be the ground, mm-hmm. and the the T, the other part of it, would be moving and actually symbolize going underground. So in that sense, a, a T symbol can also mean a, a connection through mm-hmm. the underworld. Well, but the underworld is meant actually to be the, 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 the Milky Way, if you read the Popo Vu, right? Yeah. Well, there, there, when, 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 uh, when, when the, the Lord God left, it's symbolized by the letter H, which is where Pelotas played. Yeah. It's a form of letter H. And right in the middle, between the both parts, there was a wooden T. And the new people interpreted that as the underworld. But the 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 civilizations here knew that it was just a doorway to the other dimensions and to the to to the Milky Way to the galaxy. Okay, again, it's the T, the form of the T, pointing down, and they what, were wooden uh, T's. What other in your work with the um, petroglyphs? Mm-hmm. What are what, you know? Because that seems to be a pretty big focus of yours in your work. Oh, yeah. That basically, Are there any you know, other things that, you know, you could share with people on what you've learned in terms of... It's, it's enormous. Uh, you know, I've, I've deciphered maybe half. Uh, 
uh, I was with a medicine man from Mexico at, at, at the third gathering of the condors and the eagles in, uh, around uh, Española, Nambe, New Mexico. And, and uh, poof, a young medicine man from Mexico says to me, you know, I, I, I've seen you before. And I go, well, well, possibly. And he says, did you ever lecture at, uh, at University of Texas El Paso? Yeah, I did, a few years ago. He says, I was in the audience. He says, can I follow you? I said, sure. Meeting a lot of new people. And then when I left, he wanted to go with me. And we visit a friend. And he, I, have to, I was going to go visit a lady who I helped with the healing of her husband's heart. And then the friend I visited said, well, there's Petroglyphs on the way. I go, yeah, yeah, but I've just got to go to Peggy's and i got to leave. He said, but they're, but they're right there on the way. So we stopped, and Acacia went into a trance and started explaining that the, the, the owner of the property started explaining before she knew it, he took off. And I was just in awe, but I kept challenging him and questioning him, you know, just to be sure. <laughs> and I was left with this new information on what to do with it. Well, there's several glyphs and, and uh, you know, movement. Uh, sometimes a snake points to water for an Apache, but other times two snakes represent that we're on the water planet. We're on the water dimension. And the snakes are transformation. They're change. They're, they're, they're used universally uh, for change. But there are many, many glyphs. Uh, uh, again, there's the ones of the ladies coming down, uh, zero with a point, something's born there, something starts there. You look in the glyphs around there, and it'll show you what actually began there. It might have been a plant. It might have been a, an animal. Uh, but the T's, again, are, are, are obvious, and the H's are obvious, and you'll see them. There's, there's some in the ancient caves in southern France and then southern Spain. And, and the, the anthropologist looks as we're wondering about this symbol, and it's a T. Underneath, you can see where people have gone and, and pecked at it to leave offerings. But there are just so many, and it's a different story. When I present, I, I flash the first 50 glyphs, and I say, this is how you normally go through. You walk through uh, a mountainside, and you say, oh, how pretty, and then you keep going. Now let's explain, and then walk through there again, and all of a sudden their eyes open and say, oh, my gosh. I'm beginning to see what you mean now. Uh, and that gift was from the medicine men and women, universally. There's a huge protected site in Sweden. I lecture at Vienna. A student approaches me with this huge book. And he says, this has been in my family for generations. He says, here, it's yours. And I go, well, it's been your family. Whoa, it's yours. I don't want to touch it. He says, no, no, no. Obviously, it belongs to you. And it was all the petroglyphs from that area. So, of course, I have to go there. And in amazement, again, the symbol, the circle, the four-direction circle, okay, which is actually T's back-to-back. They've overlapped, and, and the uh, information there clearly says um, these boats were not for merchandise. They were not for raiding. The sole purpose of these boats were to enter another dimension. And the darn Vikings, there's, there's shiploads of them. You know, I'm going, oh, my God, those guys were too much. Uh, other parts, you find one or two people going through, you know, or a small group, but the whole boat full. And they show the transformation cycle from T's, et cetera, et cetera. And you go, wow. Well, I saw a similar glyph north of Toronto. And I go, whoa, those guys were here. <laughs> you know, uh, same thing, the, the four-direction cross, and then there's a boat of Vikings going through. So it, it, it's, it's not germane to Native Americans. It, it's worldwide information that's been ignored or, or suppressed because of religious beliefs. 
you know, a dominant belief system has taken over and left out the ancestral information, but I guess that's why Acacia went into uh, his, his trance and the spiritual saying, Ernesto, share with people and let them decide for themselves. You go to the glyphs and you look at them and say, okay, what's happening? And some are very obvious people transforming as they come from another dimension. You, you, there's one in Utah that you'd look at that and you go, oh my God, there's, there's no other explanation and it's years, years old. And you go, they were trying to tell us that there's transformation, there's different dimensions that where we exist. Okay? Well, we need to let you go, but before you do, uh, do you have yeah. a, a blog or a website or anything yet? You know, I'm just too busy. People ask oh, me all get, the time. Got you. Uh, got you, yeah. got you, got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm constantly, I, I was invited to two ceremonies this month, and I had to pass on the Paiute ceremony out, sure. out in Bishop, California. And if you well, guys are listening, I apologize, but we'll see you next year. <laughs> but, sure, sure. but, you no know, problem. I'm saying, you know what, I'm learning, and we're not, and uh, people are meant to have this information. They invite me over, I come over, and we get together, and I, I pull out the petroglyphs. I have slides of all of them, and we share, and we go, okay, what do you think? You know, I'm here to present Appreciate it to you. Or well, maybe someday, again, it's some people, video. Yeah, you Appreciate bet. You. If you guys, you know, if you want to invite me and give a lecture, hey, like I said, I, I uh, uh, all I ask is transportation costs. That's all. You know, Sounds put me up good. somewhere, give me a little bit of food, and and we'll share and look at them and say, hey, look at these. You know, they're they're, they're from our ancestors, and, and they're a gift to us. Not well, when you, when you when you get done with the game, the eclipse will be total at <laughs> uh, at eight eleven right. your time. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, right. Thank, thank you so much. Yeah, the moon again. The moon. Okay, let me talk to this about the glyphs. Okay, there's one crude one that looks like a child drawing a circle with two eyes and a and a and a, and a little mouth or a dot. That symbolizes transformation, and and I brought it up because you said the moon. Mm-hmm. It represents the moon. The moon of the ancestors represented the other side, the unknown side, the mm-hmm. spiritual side. The sun represented what you knew, what you could see, and I, I decoded that with a glyph in Venezuela. They were both were attached because if you go to Three Rivers, New Mexico, the anthropologist left. Oh, look at this childish thing. It must have been done by a child. But you find the very same figurine left by the Egyptians. Uh-huh. Where will have very, very intricate uh, pieces of work. And then you have this little symbol. You go, Why did they put this among these? Because they wanted you to know they're talking about transforming. Of course, they talk about Orion and going through Orion and, and moving back through the stars. But there's a lot. There's been a lot. I've, I've been given a lot of information on, on Pallades and, and the Seven Sisters. And, and part of the process was to stop and reflect. We're sitting together, observing the stars, and six stars pull up. And one of them says, oh, there's the seven sisters. And we look at them kind of crazy and say, you can count them, there's only six. So there was some reason that someone knew that there were seven sisters. See? Mm-hmm. And supposedly they came through Orion and then down to Earth. That seems to be the portals that people talk about, the black holes. and There seems to be a, a huge energy source there. That from there, then you come down to Earth, and then from here, the Seven Sisters seem to have left 50,000 years ago or so, and left us the information, and now we're back mm-hmm. to being pretty close to uncivilized. Our solution is war and killing, you know. Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay, brothers, I hope. Well, thank you very for much. The, for the thank you so much. Thank you so much, and... and um uh, we'll go ahead and just hang up when you need to, and I just want right. to share something with folks. Thanks so much, Doctor. All right. Bye-bye. Bless you all.